Welcome in. How we doing? Hope you had a great Father's Day weekend. I was expecting a little more from the uh, golf tournament yesterday, but we didn't get it. Congratulations to Wyndham Clark, though, former Oklahoma State Cowboy. Uh, was at Oklahoma State before he uh, eventually left for Oregon. The second Oklahoma State Cowboy to win a major championship. The other was Bob Tway back in 1986 at the PGA at Inverness when he holed out of that uh, greenside bunker to beat Greg Norman in Toledo, Ohio. And yesterday, again, Wyndham Clark gets it done. Ricky, 75 Look, been playing a lot better. Had a really good year. This just didn't happen this weekend, but was hoping for Ricky yesterday. Was hoping for Rory yesterday, but Wyndham Clark is a really good story. The L.A. Country Club, eh, not so much. Uh, the feel of that tournament in terms of U.S. Open atmosphere and everything, eh, fell short in my opinion. But that's not what we need to be talking about. We need to be talking about, do we have any champion barbecue music? I'm sure I can dig some up. All right, champ, you barbecue music, ladies and gentlemen. You asked for it, right? You No, you, actually, you didn't ask for it, but we're going to deliver anyway. little champ, you barbecue music just for you. Here we go. Champ, you barbecue. What do you think? Is that it? That's it. Oh. What you, I was honestly, I was honestly expecting something more. You <laughs> basically described the way I felt about the U.S. Open. Is that it? <laughs> Come on, play it again. Give it a second listen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if it does any more Here for me go. this time around. You. Barbecue. Still the U.S. Open? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, still definitely the yeah, U.S. All Open. Right. Well, you know, it took me all of five minutes on Friday, so. Anyway, uh, so, Champion Barbecue Report with the man who loves barbecue and recruiting and champions, Parker Thune, right here. Future cast for Caden Durham, four-star running back. Future cast for four-star safety, uh, uh, Michael Patterson-McDonald, right? And a three-star, Xavier Robinson. We're going to say H-back for Xavier Robinson. Sure, that's fine. And a future cast there, so... Feeling really good about those three for Oklahoma. Feeling very good about those three, and I'll have another future cast later on the program. Really? How about that? You want to set a time? Set a time for a live future cast? Yes. What time? I mean, what do you have open? Is it going to be... What uh, would be most conducive to your schedule? Well, you know, old man's going to be playing Fortnite with a bunch of kids coming up about uh, 3 o'clock today, but is it going to be later in the afternoon, are you saying? No, it's, it's going to be while we're on the air. Really? David yes. Stone? I've had one in for David Stone for quite a while. Well, so but it's like not a him. new one. All right. A new one? A new one. Double, double, double down. A double future cast. A super duper so future cast. I feel so confident in Oklahoma's <laughs> chances with David Stone that I will be future casting him twice. All right, Dominic McKinley? No, not Dominic McKinley. Now, l- listen, I will say this. Nigel Smith. I've had one in for him for a while. Dominic McKinley... The Sooners made some real good progress there over the weekend. And, again, that's a five-star kid from the state of Louisiana. In the end, you're going to have to convince me that he doesn't go to LSU for me to believe it. Ohio State is in the mix as well. It feels like it's those three teams above the rest right now in talking to various sources around that recruitment. The upper echelon is OU, LSU, Ohio State. I would actually say OU leads right now. Is it a sizable lead? In my mind, no, it is not. Is it a lead that cannot slash will not be surmounted? I can't say that either. But I think for the moment, if 
National Signing Day was today and Dominic McKinley had to make up his mind right this second, I feel as though OU would be the choice. Now, he has said he has no plans to announce anytime soon. So there's a lot of time for this thing to change. And to be honest, I'm, ca- I'm kind of counting more on it changing down the line than on things staying on their current trajectory. But the current trajectory leads me to believe that Oklahoma has the edge right now on the field. It's just a matter of whether they can preserve that edge. So this one isn't coming. You've already had one out for David Stone for a while. It's not Dominic McKinley. It's not Joseph Jonah Jonier. It's not Nigel Smith. Not Taylor Tatum. Right? You're really trying to scale the paywall, aren't you? James Nesta. I'm done giving clues, Steely. We just scaled the paywall, ladies and gentlemen. We made it to the top of Everest. We leapt right over, landed in a bunch of mound of cash, and we discovered the name James Nesta. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I will say the grin got bigger. Parker's a smiling kind of dude, but this is a bigger smile. I don't know if that smile. I don't know if that smile is saying, oh, "Yeah, you know, you might be right," or it might be, <laughs> "You're I'll, a real sob." I'm not sure what it means. <laughs> I will tell you this: the first commitment from out of this weekend, the first player to publicly commit that attended the Champion Barbecue this weekend is not one that you have mentioned thus far, and. Probably not one that's on many folks' radar as mm. an imminent commitment. So, you will get no more hints because I have been sworn to secrecy as to the identity of said player. But there's an off-the-radar player right now for Oklahoma that was in town this past week that things are very things are moving very quickly towards a commitment. For. Off the radar, folks. You know what that means? Three-star you. That's what it means. <laughs> Off the radar. All right, so, again, future cast for Caden Durham, uh, Oklahoma Roots, playing high school ball in the state of Texas. Uh, so the flip is happening from LSU to Oklahoma. Flip? Yeah. What flip? A lot of people thought he was at LSU, at least a lean, right? Didn't you have – wasn't there, like, Not, one no. crystal ball or something? There was there one. So that person was way wrong. I, I wouldn't say they were re- way wrong. There was a time where LSU was neck and neck with Oklahoma, but I would never have conceded the lead okay. to Texas A&M in that recruitment. So, uh, local kid, Michael Patterson McDonald, local kid, Xavier Robinson. You know, the thought was a lot of these Oklahoma kids with David Stone would eventually wind up at Oklahoma, and you can still call Caden Durham an Oklahoma kid, even though he's playing high school football in Texas. But uh, overall – what do you think of the way things went this weekend? Clearly, with those future casts, went pretty well. But I know Oklahoma fans want to see commitments because they yeah. see Georgia with 19, Michigan with 21, Ohio State with 14, Notre Dame has 19, LSU has 18, Stanford has 22. They're like the Texas Tech of a year ago. Um, you know, Muleshoe has 12 now. So they want to see these commitments, but we try to explain, just like last year, because of this policy, it takes longer, man. This isn't a microwave commitment deal. You've got to, This is in the crock pots. It's going to take a while, like a good stew. I never cook anything, so I really don't have any idea what I'm talking about, but it sounds like that's right. Is that a good analogy? These aren't microwave commitments. These are in the slow roaster. The slow roaster. Meaning it's going to take some time, but it'll be really good once 
once that timer finally goes off. Yes, I think July, we've talked about the fact that the month of July is probably when you're going to see the bulk of the surge for Oklahoma. That said, I don't often issue definitives, and I don't often make bold predictions like this, but I'll go ahead and make a bold prediction. You'll have another commit, at least one more commit by the end of the month. There are 30 days in June, in the next 11 days. I'd say you actually probably have multiple commits. Would you, based on what you know in your conversations with people after the weekend came to an end, your conversations I'm sure that you had during the weekend itself for Champion Barbecue, would you say this went better than expected, or did they hit it out of the park? What, how would you describe it, based on what you've been able to ascertain? I would say, yes, they hit it out of the park, especially with the kids that they really wanted to make a strong impression on. And Dominic McKinley is naturally going to be on that short list. Nigel Smith, with how heavily he's been leaning Oklahoma for a long time, they wanted to really bring it home with him. Uh, Bennett Warren, the four-star offensive tackle out of Fort Bend Christian down there in the state of Texas. That's another kid they made a strong push with. I think... Look, they had 28 official visitors in this weekend. And so you can't prioritize all of those guys the same way. It's just not possible. So you kind of have to develop, even if it is an unspoken hierarchy, you have to kind of develop a hierarchy. Okay, we want to invest more time in this kid. We want to make this kid feel as much love as possible, even if it comes at the expense of others at his position group. And I'll give you a perfect example, right? Daniel Cruz, the four-star offensive lineman from North Richland Hills that was in for his official visit this weekend. That kid is overwhelmingly likely to end up on the 40 acres. So, are you going to invest the same amount of time and effort and intentionality into a kid like that as you will into a Caden Durham, for instance? No, you are not. You can't. It'd be stupid. Yeah, you've got to prioritize clearly, and uh, again, it's just the, the the waiting is the hardest part. It's the Tom Petty recruiting approach, and that's two bad ones already. Ricky, myself, dropped from a potential A down to a C already. Ah, can only go. Well, I guess I could go down from there. You got but seven segments to make it up. That's exactly right. So again, uh, future cast, which means it's looking great for Oklahoma for running back Caden Durham, safety Michael Patterson, McDonald. And uh, H-back Xavier Robinson, all two of those playing high school football in Oklahoma. One who is from the state of Oklahoma, uh, now playing in Texas. Sugar Shane wants to know, good question, did OU offer Durham and track as well? Yes, he has a dual sport offer there to run go. track and to play football. What about the, uh, the Tennessee spy, Caleb Beasley? Was he apprehended by the authorities or do we know? I don't believe he made it in. Didn't make it in? Yeah. Because everybody got wind that he's coming to spy. Maybe. Perhaps. Could be. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. We've got a lot more Champion Barbecue uh, to cover. We'll do that in the next segment. We'll take your text, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Brought to you here in our opening hour by Lasher Home Comfort Systems, family-owned and operated. Tim Lasher, great sooner, great company. Need an AC tune-up, get it done now, 405-579-3113. We'll be right back. All right, back with you on a Monday, Mike Steely, Parker Thune, home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. If you want to eliminate reading glasses like the old man did, if you're over 40, way over 40, 
like me, you're either farsighted or nearsighted. You want to see better. You don't want to pull out the glasses. You look at your phone and you hold it like six feet away from you to get it focused in. You need to go see my guy, Dr. Bellardo. He is unbelievable. We've talked about dealing with the very best in their lines here, lines of work like Riverwind Casino, like Gary, and the folks over at Cabins Construction. Same thing with Dr. Bellardo at Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. Dr. B and his team have been the leaders in the vision correction field now for over 20 years. Call today, 405-755-7700 for your free consultation from Dr. Bellardo, Or you can go online to ALCOK.com. Like they always say there, if you want to see far, you want to see near, you have to come here to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. All right, I want to throw a grenade in the next segment. I've got a grenade oh, no. I'm ready to throw, yes. But I will be a long ways away. That's why I would never be in the military because, number one, I would be the guy that would be court-martialed for blowing up his own platoon or something stupid like that. I'm way too accident-prone. So I wouldn't throw a real grenade, but I will throw an audio grenade your way coming up in the next segment. All right, um, let's get to the text line because they are rolling in, man. 405-651-3439. Let's do it. Sooner Soldier says, just started listening. Was the Champion Barbecue a success? No, it was a colossal failure. Everybody said they're going to Texas. Everybody. In fact, a couple even said they're going to Texas Tech. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, can you believe that? Who would have Lubbock? Jeez. But no, in all seriousness, Champion Barbecue returns have been very strong thus far. Uh, <laughs> 588 on Caleb Beasley. Says, if he came to spy, he might be in a coordinator position for the Sooners in a few years. <laughs> Seems to be the fast track. Oh, yes. There you go. A reference to none other than Mule Shoe, who appears to be in the driver's. Well, first off, he landed four star cornerback Marcellus Williams yesterday, mm-hmm. the guy that was on an official visit to Oklahoma one week ago. And now he's in the driver's seat for Jason Zandamella, too. Another kid that was on an official visit to OU. One week ago. Freaking mule shoe, but he's a short time thing. I'm sure we need you to get it right now, you know, or what, you know, he's, he's a shortcuts kind of guy, mule shoe. Colin KC says, seems like there's a lot of momentum with Stone. He going to commit after the OV to Michigan State? Look, I, I got to this point with Peyton Bowen. I'm already at this point with David Stone. I have no idea what the timeline is, and I'm not going to speculate because I – David Stone isn't even a reliable source on David Stone's timeline. So I won't pretend to know when it goes down. I won't pretend to know whether we will have any semblance of an idea of whether his commitment status is secure before the announcement. But here's what I do know. Oklahoma leads there. And they've got the advantage heading into that Michigan State visit, which I'm surprised is happening anyway because David Stone and Michigan State – in June of 2023 is not as – it's not the five-alarm fire of a relationship that it was in June of 2022. Yeah. Doesn't look that way. If somehow Oklahoma doesn't get David Stone – We burned down the Switzer Center. Well, is the mushroom cloud going to be twice as big as the mushroom cloud that happened after the DJ Hicks disaster? It'll be bigger. Yes, because you're talking about an in-state kid. It'll be even bigger. And trust like nobody wants to hear that, but 
Again, like somebody will burn down the Switzer Center if David Stone isn't as soon. <laughs> somebody will, at the very least, try to. Yeah, it's that would not be pretty. But uh, it looks like again, you never know until it's the signatures on that dotted line. But it looked like David Stone had a good weekend. It looks like David Stone likes all those kids, obviously from uh, with the Oklahoma roots. You, Michael Patterson, McDonald's, Avery Robinson, Caden uh, Durham when he was. Uh, Caden Durham was at Moore, right? That is correct. And uh, now is obviously playing in the state of Texas, but um, I, I would be surprised if those four aren't in the Oklahoma roster. And clearly you feel the same way with the three future casts for uh, Durham, uh, Patterson, McDonald, and Robinson. Ah, here we go. So are any of these players SEC ready? Sounds like the same old three stars. By the way, there's a 0% chance Stone chooses OU. Boomer Doomer, Boomer Doomer, Boomer Doomer, <clears throat> Boomer Doomer. Man. Wow, you just dropped an octave. I know. I kind of felt like Peter Brady and the Brady Bunch when he was going through <laughs> puberty there. Boomer Doomer, Boomer Doomer. Jeez. Is that our first Boomer Doomer of the day? No, it's definitely not our first Boomer Doomer of the day. During our show, though. Yes, during our show. Okay, we haven't heard from Todd Bates' nemesis. I wonder what the greatest percentage of Boomer Doomer texts, which show they happen on. Probably locked in. You think so? Yes. Because it's pure recruiting. I mean, exactly. That's, that's a complete hour of recruiting. So, what would you say? It's like a 38% Boomer Doomer percentage during locked in. Is that too high? That's probably a little bit high, 30, 35. What, what should the Boomer Doomers logo be, like, if they had a T-shirt? I don't know, but you, you need to come up with a theme for the Boomer Doomers. You came up with a theme for Champion Barbecue. Why don't the Boomer Doomers have I'll try music? And, I'll try and get to work on that. So, But I'm trying to think if they had a T-shirt for the Boomer Doomers, it would be like a mushroom cloud above Owen Field, maybe, or something like that. I don't know. The Doomer needs to go and change his dirty diaper, says Big Rich. You have a very, very ambiguous smirk on your face. <laughs> I don't like know. Somewhere, I like it when texters attack other texters. It's like somewhere in between amusement and mischief. <laughs> I'm kind of feeling that way today. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line here on this Monday edition of Steel Man and Thone here on The Wrap, the home of Sooner fans. From the 405, recruiting doesn't matter if we start losing in the fall. There are a lot of huge question marks on this team. Are you still giggling? Yes, I'm just people coming after the Boomer Doomer. One guy said the logo should be the tipped-over schooner, the pile of crap emoji. Not bad. But, I don't know. I, like I said, I think if you saw Brent out at Rudy's last Wednesday night, he looked like he was pretty feeling pretty good. He's the one who said, you know what? You know, if we get better on defense, we can hand 10 and have a chance to put a banner up. So, um. And that schedule is tailor-made to go out and win 10, if not more. Yeah. And I do think they're going to be better. I really do. And I would ask you this. Looking at that Oklahoma schedule, I think it actually plays to their strengths quite well because how many of those programs that Oklahoma is going to face, going to go up against, offer dynamic, high-octane passing attacks offensively? 
Not many. And so, yeah, you have some vulnerability at defensive tackle, but you can also stack seven, eight in the box. And if the secondary is everything it's cracked up to be, especially if a high-end starter emerges opposite Woody Washington at quarterback or a cornerback, excuse me, because that's really the one question mark in the secondary right now. Given the talent you have at safety, you can stack the box to defend the run and still feel pretty good about your secondary being able to hold their own on the back end. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're going to have to see what happens to wide receiver. Um, I don't think they're going to have a Marvin Mims out there. I think that's, you know, I'm not saying these guys can't be good, but, I mean, it's hard to come out and say, yeah, this guy's going to be Marvin Mims or just as good. Um, You know, but we'll see. Uh, very intrigued to see a healthy Nick Anderson get a chance. I know you are, right? Absolutely. I think he's got a very high ceiling if he can stay healthy in 2023. A listener in the 918 <laughs> says, Recruiting Doomer, picture of Tim Kish. It reminds me, have you ever read, have you ever read Moneyball, the book? Not just watch the mo- movie. I never read, read the, the book. book. I did oh. see the movie. So one of the things in the book is that, you know, when the A's scouting staff gets together, they have these little magnetized pictures of a former employee named Phil Milo. Mm-hmm. And the reason they have these little pictures is because he worked for the A's organization for a very short time, the way that's laid out in the book. And in the short time that he worked there, uh, essentially succeeded in pissing everybody off. And so any player that they're not touching with a 10-foot pole, they just they call it putting a Milo on him. <laughs> Like is that it. what we're going to do with the Doomers? Put, like it, put it. a kish on them? See, somebody says you'd need to sell some Doomer T-shirts. I don't know if they would sell. Who's going to walk around like Campus Corner with a Boomer Doomer T-shirt on with a you know, poop emoji on it or whatever? That would take a lot of courage to do. Ronnie Crimson says the highest octane passing attack in the Big 12 originates in Lubbock, <laughs> and it consists of batteries and tortillas from the student section. Uh, I like it. I like it. You know, OU's kryptonite, also not on the schedule. K-State, nowhere to be found on the schedule. Robert in here wants to know, Steel Man, when are you getting that Mexican plate? Does it have enchiladas on it, tacos, both, or something else? I'm usually, right now, I'm just on uh, crunchy tacos, rice, and beans. That's my go-to. I'm a Chewy's guy right now. That Currently, that's my number one. Hey, Chewy's queso compuesto, man, that is the best queso I've ever, ever had anywhere. Pretty good stuff, yeah. And if you go during seniors' hours, it is magical. I mean, there are two <laughs> or three other olds in there and me and Shay, and it's great. It's awesome. All right, we're going to take a break. Good to have you with us, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We're going to get back to a bunch of texts. I am going to throw this audio grenade when we get back. And uh, probably at least half of you have already heard it, but I'm going to throw it again because the text line is already lit up, but it's really going to be lit up after this explosion coming up in the next segment. Stay with us here on the Home of Sooner Fans, The Ref. We are back here on this Monday. Hope everybody had a great Father's Day weekend. At U.S. Open final round turned into a snooze fest yesterday. Great victory for Wyndham Clark, former Oklahoma State Cowboy, before he went out to uh, to Oregon to finish up. Had a great uh, reputation, you know, coming out of high school, good am, and, uh, you know, good solid college career. Was he on that Oregon team that the Sooners beat? I'm trying to – he might have been. I'm trying to think. Uh, anyway, Ricky Fowler blew up with a 75, but he's still been playing a lot better golf. Rory was close, didn't make enough putts. And uh, L.A. Country Club – 
Yeah, don't go back there. Don't do it. Don't do it. Okay, uh, I've got the grenade. I'm going to back up right now to throw this audio grenade. So are you ready? No, I'm not ready at all. Here we go. I would prefer that there be no grenades flying, but whatever must be done. I just pulled the plug. Reloading! Reloading! Okay, wasn't too bad. I think it uh, blew up Mark Desher's computer in there, but he's all right. He's He's got a little ash on his face and everything, but he's he's good to go. All right, some of you already heard this. Uh, everybody's favorite Colin Cowherd talking about Oklahoma, Texas, the new schedule, and then he went into it again. Nebraska was the greatest program that has become irrelevant, and uh, here is what he had to say about the Sooners. So number one, Nebraska lost a legendary coach and was always from a state that didn't produce a lot of high school talent. Number two, they joined the wrong conference. And number three, they couldn't get the coach right. Keep your eye on Oklahoma. Is Oklahoma going to be the second program in our adult lives that disappears? Number one, the state no longer produces big numbers of players. Of the Sooners, 26 signees in their recruiting class, three are from the state of Oklahoma. That's having to convince kids in the South, convince kids in Texas, come to us. Secondly, they joined a tougher conference. Like Nebraska, this is going to be harder. Most of those Southern kids have grown up on the SEC. Those football players want to stay with traditional SEC powers. And number three, in an offensive era, they hired a defensive coach, and he was completely, utterly over his skis. They didn't get the coach right. By the way, you think Lincoln Riley didn't have a gut feeling somehow, some way, kind of felt Oklahoma to the SEC was going to be a hard pull? You go into Alabama and Georgia and LSU's backyard, welcome to SEC football. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but the three things Nebraska and Oklahoma have in common, states that don't produce a lot of high school stars, joined a conference that looks like it could be trouble for the program, and couldn't get the coach right. Okay, there's there's a lot to unpack there. First, First of all, off, how about him, though, putting the dagger in and then throwing mule shoe in there to twist it around a little bit? I mean, a lot of bit, actually. Well, and you know that's his shtick. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't pay any attention to anything Cowherd says about mule shoe because he's mule shoe's mouthpiece. That's but. right. Tell me you know nothing about Oklahoma recruiting without telling me you know nothing about Oklahoma recruiting. I would say in most, like, if you sign more than five players from the state of Oklahoma, it's a really good year for the state of Oklahoma. And it's not indicative at all of how good your recruiting class is or how bad your recruiting class is. Oklahoma just signed their best class ever with kids that primarily came from out of state. Oklahoma football without the state of Texas. Think about Billy Sims, Hooks, Texas, Baker Mayfield, Austin, Kyler Murray. I mean, three of the Sooners' seven Heisman winners are from the state of Texas. They have always recruited the state of Texas well. Now, it's a little bit different they're getting more into the South, and that's Brent and that uh, staff have connections there, and it's going to the SEC. But, yeah, I mean, and how many greats? I'm trying to think of the Nebraska, like the triplets team, Turner Gill was from Texas. Irving Fryer was from New Jersey. 
Mike Rozier was from New Jersey in junior college. Now, I'm sure they've had their fair share of kids from Nebraska, and that walk-on program is a huge part of their success back in the day, too. But what other flaws did you hear there? And Cal Herds. You know, I manifest you know what that was? A manifesto. Over the last thirty seconds I have changed my approach and I've decided I'm not going to validate any of what he said with a response. Okay. Because it's asinine. It is. Now You're gonna say they got the coach wrong because he went six and seven in his first year. And that's all you need to see. That's all you need to see to conclude that Brent Venables is not the guy for the job. Do I need to dig out all of Cowherd's irrationally premature takes over the years that aged very poorly? Well, again, it's all about engagement. It's all about uh, the Oklahoma fan base is going to get more fired up than any other fan base out there in college football. Now, you know, if he comes after Nick Saban or Kirby Smart or something like that, not that they, the Bama and uh, Georgia fans wouldn't go crazy, but the Oklahoma fan base, they will come after you. And, again, are we saying that, yeah, it's just Oklahoma's going to make a smooth transition to the SEC and just keep winning a ton of football games? That may not happen. Now, I think the Sooners are going to hold their own and be able to go, you know, trade punches with just about anybody if they get this right and start playing better football, and I think that's going to happen in the fall. But let's face it, it was a lot easier in the old Big 8. It was a lot easier in the Big 12. Now, the Big 12 had, you know, at one point, the Big 12 was it. So you're fighting more heavyweights. Again, though, you have a 12-team playoff. But to say that Oklahoma is going to become the next Nebraska, I think is ridiculous. Glenn from Nashville on the text line says, A word to my man Steely in Sooner Nation. Do not worry about what Colin Cowherd has to say. The dude is wrong far more than he's right. He's still butthurt from when Sam Darnold left him at the altar and sucked in the NFL. He's going to be left at the altar when Muleshoe goes to the NFL without having won a national championship at USC. The dude is the Keith Olbermann of the sports world. <laughs> you know, I got to tell you, you guys, total honesty, I knew if I threw that audio grenade out there, it would go crazy. So I basically pulled a Colin, Colin Cowherd there to a certain extent. But what you're right about, too, Parker, is that he has no idea how Oklahoma is recruited over the years. They also gotten great players from other parts of the country as well, a lot of them. They're a nationally relevant program. Barry Switzer owned the state of Texas for a while. If you can go into the state of Texas, Adrian Peterson wanted to go to Texas, right? Oklahoma was beating Texas, came to Oklahoma. But think of, I mentioned Billy Sims, Hooks, Texas, number one running back in the country. The uh, In the next class, they got – David Overstreet out of Big Sandy, Texas. You think about the, you know, Barry Switzer got a jump on recruiting the African-American athlete, you know, coming to the University of Oklahoma. Had a great rapport there, and that was part of the success. But they're not totally relying on kids from Oklahoma. You want to get the best kids in Oklahoma, clearly, but, yes, just because of the population base here, that's how it breaks down. If you recruit primarily Oklahoma kids at this point, now th this may not have been true a quarter century ago, but at this point in time, if you recruit primarily Oklahoma kids, you end up like Kansas State, which is to say because you'll have strong culture and a strong work ethic within your program across the board and low drama for the most part, you will win eight to nine games a year, and that will probably be the ceiling. Yeah. 
right. So, again, Cowherd, Skip Bayless, those guys, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. And that's riling up the Oklahoma fan base or another fan base. Or why do you think Skip comes after LeBron so much? Or, you know, um, talks about his Dallas Cowboys because, you know, around the country – if you're not a Dallas Cowboys fan, and I understand they have a lot of fans all around the nation, but they have just as many who hate them. So that's exactly what they're doing. So, again, from the 918, yeah, we got the coach wrong. So did Georgia and Kirby Smart's first year, and so did Bama and Saban's first year. And oh, yeah, so did OU and Stoops' first year. Bingo. Seven and five for Bob in that first season. So. From the 402, BV can't get the recruits to OU. Let's take a look. Not only did BV have a higher-ranked class his first year at OU than Muleshoe, but also his first year at USC, but over – wait, hang on, hang on. Okay, it's a little incoherent. I'm going to try to clean it up. BV can't get, the, can't get the recruits to OU. Let's take a look. Not only did BV have a higher-ranked class his first year at OU than Muleshoe in his first year at USC, but he had a higher-ranked class in his first year as a head coach – then Mule Shoe's sixth year as a head coach. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. You guys are doing a great job, as always, on the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Good to have you with us on this Monday edition of Steel Man and Thune right here on the home of Sooner fans, the Rep Radio Network. Jesse Crittenden will join us. Uh, we haven't talked to Jesse since the release of the Big, Ske- Big 12 schedule. We'll also talk about what else Sooner football Coming up with Jesse on the Riverwind Casino Hotline at 1.35. Back to more of your texts coming up next right here on The Ref. Riverwind Casino gave away a bunch of catch and bonus play over the weekend in the 15K My Father's Fortunes promotion. This is the final Saturday night coming up for the 80K New Beginnings and Winnings promotion. Get out and play with your wild card today and tomorrow for five times entries on your wild card. Have a better chance of hearing your name called when they draw out the winners on uh, Saturday from 6 to 11.30. Preliminary drawing. They'll draw out three winners every 30 minutes. You can win up to $500 in cash or $1,000 in bonus play. And then at midnight, a couple grand prize winners will be selected via draw. And they will receive $1,000 in bonus play and $1,000 cash, plus any other unclaimed prize amounts. So get out there, play with your wild card today, get five times the entries, and tomorrow for the 80K New Beginnings and Winnings promotion happening at Riverwind Casino. This is the final drawing this Saturday night, so go get those extra entries out at Riverwind Casino. And Jesse Crittenden will join us on the Riverwind Casino hotline coming up next hour at 135. Let's Live futurecast at the top of the 1 o'clock hour? Yeah. You want to do it? Uh, yes, absolutely. Sign me up. I'm ready okay. to go. I might minutes. make a mess in my depends. I'm so excited. You never know. <laughs> well, let's hope not. Yeah, let's Wouldn't hope be not, a very yeah. pleasant yeah. afternoon for the we, rest we, of us. We, in we these do studios. have some glade in here, though. So. Some glade. All right. 405-651-3439. I wonder if Muleshoe has taken Cowherd home to meet his parents yet. Brazilian Sooner. Cowherd doesn't believe half of what he says and just wants a reaction from the greatest fan base in college football. We're two hours from Denton, three to the Dallas area, and very close to Kansas City as well. Recruiting is only getting better. Boom. Brazilian Sooner nailed it right there. Hit the bullseye. Um, 
Oklahoma is always going to get good players. They're not going to get all of them. And you know what? Uh, last year with DJ Hicks, but guess what? They got three five stars during a six and seven season. They go out this year, win 10 plus games, which I think they will. They're going to be fine. Again, they're going to have some misses this year. Maybe they don't even get David Stone, but they're still going to have a really good recruiting class. And that's what you need in the SEC. You need to stack up. You can't afford, you need to stack up top 10 recruiting classes pretty much every year. Right, Parker, if you want to stay in the same neighborhood with Bama and Georgia, you can't afford any 15 to 20 types. No. But I think, again, if they get it right this year, and I think they will, schedule's going to have a lot to do with that. Second year in the system's going to have a lot to do with that. Brent being a second-year head coach is going to have a lot to do with that. You know, Brent last year did look a little bit, you know, over his head on the sidelines. But it was his first experience there. But the way that he goes about things, I bet they've gone through scenarios time and time again, how they're going to do things differently. That second time around is a lot easier. I'm not saying he's going to, you know, just nail everything this year. But I think Oklahoma's going to have a good season. I'd be really disappointed if they lost uh, or didn't get to the 10-win mark. Here's a text from Mike and Edmund. Food for thought. Name me one national championship season when the Sooners didn't have at least half of the starters from Oklahoma. It's never happened. So clearly Oklahoma kids are more crucial than you think. Look, I hear you, Mike. And yes, Oklahoma kids are crucial. But what you also must acknowledge is that it's been nearly a quarter century since Oklahoma won a national title. And the world of recruiting and development and just the general balance of talent across the country when it comes to the top football players in the nation is not what it was in 2000 when the Sooners last went the distance. So, I I would feel comfortable asserting that you cannot win a national championship with a starting lineup comprised primarily of Oklahoma kids anymore. While it may have been plausible at one point in time, it is not plausible anymore. Just because the state of Oklahoma is generally only going to produce 10 to 12 kids a year that are high-end P5 type players. And so even if you sweep every single one of those guys, they also have to develop. They have to grow into their bodies. They have to put on muscle. They have to learn the system and get to the point where you have them in the starting lineup making big contributions for your football program. And even so, is it going to be enough to go toe-to-toe with the likes of Georgia and Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State, schools that have a much deeper regional footprint and also a much deeper pool from which to draw regionally when it comes to recruiting. So, yes, Mike and Edmund, Oklahoma kids are crucial. You need some, like, for instance, Ethan Downs, awesome thing, awesome guy for the University of Oklahoma to have at their disposal because – He's a guy that lifts up the locker room, shows up every single day to give his all to the University of Oklahoma. you got to have a few guys that are sooner born, sooner bred. No question about it. But are you going to win a national title in 2023 or pick a year in the future with a roster comprised primarily of players from the state of Oklahoma? No, I don't believe you are. Yeah, and Mike's right with what he said. He, you know, historically you're correct, but I think it's more difficult these days. Uh, what you want to do is you want to get the best kids in Oklahoma, and you're going to lose some to Oklahoma State here and there, R.W. McCorders or 
Chris Massey or somebody like that back in the day. But you need to dominate the state of Oklahoma, get the best players there. And then Texas has always been, you know, great to, to OU. And they've done pretty well nationally, too. And if they start, you know, going toe-to-toe with all these uh, really good programs in the SEC, they're going to get their fair share in the South as well. And we saw that in last year's class when they were 6-7. and seven. All right, 405-651-3439. Where does OU stand with Taylor Tatum? What is the running back? class most likely to look like we do have about we got we got time to answer that and yeah, i saw uh, he's a baseball player i saw him with skip johnson too yeah and baseball is going to be a big part of the pitch down the stretch here i it doesn't feel to me like a decision is super imminent oklahoma did a good job with the official visit this weekend but this was an ou michigan battle for the most part over the last couple months kind of morphed into an OU USC battle. And so it's Muleshoe versus his former employer hmm. for Taylor Tatum. I just I think it's too early to know where that one swings. If you asked me six weeks ago, I'd have said there's a good chance he goes to Michigan. Four weeks ago, good chance he goes to Oklahoma. Two weeks ago, and I started training USC. So this one's kind of been all over the place. And I'm not really to the point yet where I'm comfortable projecting that – Taylor Tatum goes here, or Taylor Tatum goes here, or Taylor Tatum goes here. I think this is one that you're going to have to wait, wait it out. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think A&M is out of the picture entirely either. All right, we're going to break right here. We'll get back to the text line, 405-651-3439. Thank you to Lasher, Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113 to get that AC tune-up from Lasher, Home Comfort Systems. Somebody thinks the Sooners are going to have a huge bounce-back season We'll unveil who that is coming up next here on The Ref. All right, let's jump into hour number two here on The Ref. Mike Steely along with uh, Parker Thune here in the Buffalo Wild Wings studio on a Monday. Locked in coming up at 2 o'clock. Good to have you along today. I appreciate uh, all the texts in the first hour. We still got a lot more rolling in, 405 651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. All right, we played the uh, Cowherd clip. You know, I think this is the second time I've heard him talk about Oklahoma could be the next Nebraska, be totally irrelevant. They completely got the coaching hire wrong. After one season, I'm ready to make that proclamation. Well, one guy who thinks the Sooners is going to have a bounce back here, your guy, Parker Thune. My guy, indeed. J.D. Piquel. A much more rational and reasonable human than Colin Cowherd and his kind. He uh, predicted the Sooners' 2023 record uh, just the other day. Here's how it went. J.D. Piquel projecting the Sooners' 2023 record. And uh, I would say that he is... uh, he is definitely thinking it's a bounce back here for Oklahoma. We're making predictions here in June, and I got Oklahoma right here for you. So let's go ahead and unpack that one here right now for the Sooners. All right, so the schedule, it's not rough, man. Like we, we were going through it here. It's, it's not necessarily the hunger games of a schedule that you're going to get when you get to the SEC. I don't see Kansas State. I don't see Texas Tech. I don't see Baylor. You have a game at BYU. You got TCU to end the year. You play Texas, which you always play Texas, and, and you want Texas to be real. Y'all, y'all want some revenge on Texas. I think the, the thing for Texas 
and Oklahoma in the Big 12 is they're both going to have superior rosters for the majority of teams that they play here. Like, there's not going to be a game where Oklahoma walks in and says, man, they just got better Jimmies and Joes than us. We got to out-scheme them. Like, outside of the Texas game, that's not really going to be a question mark. I think the, the way that I go in, about this is I, pro- I probably look at the ceiling, and I don't see a ceiling for Oklahoma when it comes to this schedule in itself. Like, 12-0 and 0 is attainable. But for me, I think there's some things that are still maturing internally in, ter- in terms of going from year one to year two. You're replacing some pieces on the offensive line. I think 10-2 and two is where I'd put Oklahoma. But I do believe that they'll find themselves right back in that Big 12 title game. There you go. Okay. There's a little more positivity right there. How much of this is just purely the schedule, in your opinion? I think that's a big part of it as well but also if you dig a little deeper beyond just the wins and the losses and the scoreboard last year I think what you understand is that Oklahoma actually played some really good offense last year it's just that they, they were lost completely lost it was like they're trying to fight their way out of a wet paper bag on defense just futile at times and that really held the team back held the offense back held everything back for that program that wasn't a six and seven team last year in terms of uh, the level of talent in my mind in terms of the games that they could have should have won and didn't like they were subject to a a lot of bad luck and be some very ill-timed self-inflicted wounds and so is 10 and 2 an unrealistic expectation when you imagine that some of those errors are going to be cleaned up in 2023 and the schedule gets easier? No. No, I don't think it's an unrealistic expectation. I think the Sooners should win 10 games looking at that schedule. If they crater somehow with this schedule this year. Then we got issues. Then you got not maybe would it be a dumpster fire? Yes, probably with this schedule. Now, when I say crater, if they go like, seven and six or something with the schedule or seven and five obviously would because you wouldn't be well maybe a bowl game thrown in but let's say they go seven and five still with this schedule I mean come on and I think again look a coach is always almost always going to exude confidence in any setting he is uh, in where he's you know talking to fans just like Brent was at Rudy's last week but I legit think that he he knows he's got a lot more horses on defense this year in particular where he feels like they can actually go out and stop some people every now and then, right? And that's huge. And then you've got to clean up the little things. You've got to clean up, you know, keeping the ball on offense, converting a third or a fourth down, you know, where Dylan Gabriel doesn't, you know, throw it past Drake Stoops on a big play, or he's got to be more accurate. They've got to possess the ball longer if they can. Uh, particularly that really comes to light when you don't have a very good defense and you don't have a lot of depth on defense like last year. So, But I think, again, 10 is super realistic, and you should go out and win 10 games. By the way, live future cast, do you want it? Ah, yes, absolutely. Ladies, do we? I feel like we need some very grandiose music. What, what would that be like? What is the most grandiose musical like score the, that comes to Let's do like mind? the 20th, 20th Century Fox theme or something. <laughs> is that the 20th? I'll see if I can dig that up. Theme. Just, yeah, 20th Century Fox. Here we go. Let's try that. I think we can do it. Here we go. Okay, so 20th Century Fox intro to 
a live Rivals future cast for an Oklahoma 2024 target here on The Ref. Here we go. Live future cast. Live future cast. Live future cast. Parker Thune. Thank you. Oh, very well done, Steely. I didn't expect a little. It weren't, didn't it? That was perfect. That's, that was that's perfect. That's it. That right there is our live future cast music. You think Tyler's going to get mad because it wasn't at 2 o'clock? Tyler, we apologize. I know you're just back from vacay, but you're you're very rested. You're in a great mood. You usually are, but it had to happen right now. Okay, here we go. Who do you think it's for? I'm going to go James Nesta. Ding, 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 ding. I think the recruit. I got a winner. Some people on the uh, the text line got it too. So, all right, tell us all about. Wait, fire up the theme again. Here we go. James Nesta, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, Parker Thune, please tell us about the talents of James Nesta. Yeah, so, I mean, this was a visit that Oklahoma really needed to knock out of the park this past weekend because the way that things had unfolded with some of their top linebacker targets earlier in the cycle, right? Peyton Pierce goes to Ohio State. Sammy Brown goes to Clemson. Easton Baker commits out of nowhere to Illinois. I don't know what the hell that was, but that's neither here nor there. Um, It's really, like, when you look at Oklahoma's board, uncommitted linebackers right now that they're still pursuing it's james nesta and it's easton baker not easton baker but uh, braden platt james nesta and braden platt those are really the two guys that you are in on right now amongst linebackers if oklahoma wants to take a second linebacker and i would imagine they will and do braden platt has got to be the guy beyond james nesta and if braden platt decides he wants to be an oregon duck or you know, wants to go somewhere besides the University of Oklahoma, I think you're going to see more offers start going out. But it does sound like, and I talked to several sources this morning about the situation with Nesta, it does sound like the Sooners really, really nailed that visit. And Nesta was a guy that we talked about a lot last week leading into his visit because not only is he a stud football player, he's also a stud baseball player. So this kid lands at Oklahoma It's huge not only for Brent Venables and his defense, but it's also huge for Skip Johnson and his pitching staff because Nesta is the number one-ranked right-handed pitcher in his class in the entire state of North Carolina. Any chance he goes in the draft? Yes, but unless you get drafted so Mm -hmm. hot, I don't think he's good enough at baseball to the point where he's going to be a first-round pick out of high school. Right, and so – Generally, if you're not a very early MLB draft pick, if you're if you get taken in like the 17th round, right? More often than not, there's not going to be enough guaranteed money there for it to be for you to be better off going to play minor league ball right away rather than enjoying 5 years of free education at a top university in the country and getting the opportunity to play two sports. So, unless James Nesta just comes out 
his senior year throwing gas, 9,900 miles an hour, and you start seeing his name crop up in first-round MLB draft projections, I do think it's a safe bet that he ends up enrolling and playing football and baseball collegiately. And right now I think that's going to be Oklahoma. And they beat out who again? It was North Carolina, right? North Carolina and Miami were his other two contender schools. There you go. So the uh, live future cast, James Nesta, the linebacker, pitcher, uh, prospects. So that means you have four brand-new ones, four-star running back Caden Durham, who was at Champion Barbecue this past weekend, obviously also four-star safety Michael Patterson-McDonald, three-star H-bag Xavier Robinson, and now four-star linebacker um, James Nesta for OU. The question is, what are these commits going to happen? Like Jay Sean Ross is still out there, and so is uh, Zion Raggins, right? That is correct. Still like where Oklahoma stands with Zion Raggins, even after the Georgia visit. I We still have not brought – no one has mentioned today the name of the guy that I believe is going to be the first commit for Oklahoma in the aftermath of the champion barbecue. Mm-hmm. And I'll just – I'll tell you straight up, he's not a kid I have a future cast in for either. There you go. I'm kind of enjoying this level of mystery right now. So yes. I'm not, I'm not going to say any more. There are enough possibilities out there as it is. How about that segment? You get J.D. Piquel picking the Sooners to win at least 10, possibly run the table. Not out of the question. And then you get a live future cast from Parker Thune uh, projecting James Nesta to end up at Oklahoma, and that is his fourth of the weekend coming out. Again, with Caden Durham, Michael Patterson, McDonald, and Xavier Robinson. And by the way, uh, the J.D. Piquel clip was our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central with clinics in Norman. And Midwest City, now a new Tri-City location. That's Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. And uh, these are the very best sports clinics out there, full-service clinics that treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, but you know what we need also for the future, What do we need? We start with, like, the 20th Century Fox theme, and then we wind into uh, Build for the Future by The Fix. Build for the future. Yeah, you should cue that one up coming out of break. Build for the future with the fix. And we'll incorporate that into uh, future, pardon the pun, uh, live future cast from Parker right here. All right, let's break. 405-651-3439. Jesse Crittenden at 135 in the Reverie Casino Hotline. And when we get back, more of your texts. Right here on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line on the home of Sooner fans. All right, we are back. Thanks to our friends at Riverwind Casino. Over 2,800 electronic games. All the best games, not just the electronic variety. All your favorite table games as well. They have a world-class poker room. Two high-stakes areas now. Got the best bars and dining. They had the best hotel. That hotel is amazing if you haven't stayed there. So you want to make a weekend of it at Riverwind Casino. It would be a great idea. Best service out there. They've got incredible promotions. New member seven. Uh, get your Riverwind wild card. Won't cost you a dime. And as I've always said, a standard Riverwind wild card will help you in a lot of promotions. Like go out and play with your wild card now, today, and tomorrow, and get five times the entries for the 80K New beginnings and winnings promotion. The final drawings are happening on Saturday. From uh, 6 to 11.30, the preliminary drawings. They'll call out three names every half hour. 
Uh, you're going to win at least $500 in cash or $1,000 in bonus play uh, three times every hour. They'll be calling out different patrons at Riverwind from 6 to 1130. And then two grand prize winners selected to receive $1,000 in bonus play and $1,000 in cash, plus any unclaimed prize amounts Um in the drawing just before midnight at 11.59. We've got concerts coming, indoors and outs- outdoors. Next up at Beats and Bites, Mark Chestnuts with Shannon Doe and Tracy Bird, July 8th. We'll have a Gary Allen show on the Beats and Bites stage August 26th. And uh, shows where there are still tickets available at the Showplace Theater. And by the way, Showplace Theater officially comes back on Friday night with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Now, tickets, they're all gone for Earth, Wind, and Fire. Collective Soul is available. July 21st, Josh Turner, July 28th, Counting Crows, August 25th. We've got sold-out shows that are also happening uh, coming up. Gabriel Iglesias, Dwight Yoakam, REO Speedwagon, Chicago. Also shows that tickets are still available for Foreigner, Rodney Carrington, Aaron Lewis. Showplace Theater officially coming back this Friday. I will be out at Riverwind again on Friday. That's going to be a special night with Earth, Wind & Fire taking the stage uh, at Riverwind in the Showplace Theater on stage this Friday night. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's do it. How did the visit to Tennessee go for Williams Nguyenary, asks a listener in the 405. Yeah, in talking to a few folks in and around Knoxville about the visit, I haven't gotten the chance to catch up with Williams directly yet, but it feels like there wasn't as much progress made on that visit as Tennessee would have liked. Really? So, I look, I, I've i favored Oklahoma here for a while. I don't think that's been a secret. I'm, st- I, I'm still more worried about Oregon than Tennessee. And I did have one source intone to me yesterday that Georgia might be in a better spot than people realize with Nguyenary, which... I don't question, but still, the relationships, the proximity, all of it points to Oklahoma and has for Nguyenary. The question is, if he takes that Oregon visit on September 23rd, do they make him an offer he can't refuse? Yeah, the Don Corleone Classic. Yes, Yes. look, at a certain point, if the number is big enough, and there will be some big numbers thrown that kid's way with how talented and how unique he is. If the number is big enough, it's almost bad business not to take it, you know? Yeah. Like if you had the option, see, like, if you had the option to make, and I'm just spitballing numbers here, 150, 200K a year, and go play at the University of Oklahoma with all your buddies, I'd imagine that's a pretty lucrative opportunity in your mind. But what if Oregon offered you upwards of $5 million to go play for Nike University mm-hmm. in Eugene? Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it's – I don't know if the uh, the discrepancy would be that much, but it, it would be – there would be a discrepancy, a pretty big discrepancy. Now, I will ask you this. Kind of like when we look for a scapegoat. Like last year, who were the scapegoat, scapegoats? Ted Roof and the three-man front were scapegoated early, right? Now Todd Bates is being scapegoated early in recruiting, which is pretty ridiculous. Um, and again, they missed out on some guys down the stretch last year that they were in the ballpark for. And again, I get the frustration, but people are so impatient. I get it. Fans are. That's their nature. But what is the uh, the scapegoat now for a recruit who doesn't sign with OU? 
it's automatic. It's the bag man, right? Automatically, almost. Oh well, it's in IL dollars, you know. And in some cases, I think DJ Hicks, yes. Sure. In others, it's going to happen. But everybody, oh, well, surely they'd come to OU, but the bag man showed up again, because everybody is going to Oklahoma, right? Until the bag man shows up. Are you feeling that a little bit? That's just what yeah, fans I, do. I, I mean, Yes, and I think generally that's that's not exclusive to Oklahoma though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. No, no, no. That's a whoever fan you thing. root for. Yeah. At this point in 2023, if there's a high profile recruit that picks another school, mm-hmm. you're saying, "Ah, bag got him." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's happening right now with Micah Hudson, the five star wide receiver who's between Texas and Texas Tech. Oh, the Longhorn fans were freaking out big time. They were dogging Lubbock. Now, this is one of the times that the Longhorn fans were right. They were calling Lubbock a lot of bad names, and they're correct. I mean, that's from <laughs> and they're correct. I was just waiting for you to yeah. actually validate what the Longhorn fan base is saying. But like, for instance, with the Micah Hudson situation, if you're a Tech fan right now, Micah Hudson, with as strong as his relationships are with every member of the Texas Tech staff, the only reason he would go to the 40 acres is to take a bag, right? And if you're Texas and you're engaged in a recruiting battle with that school out in the panhandle, sand Aggies, as they call them, if that school (laughs) is legitimately in, like legitimately a player for a prospect that lives right up the road from Austin – and should have every reason to want to come play in the SEC. Mm-hmm. The only reason why he would choose to go play in Lubbock is money, right? Oh yeah, it's all, it's, it's going to be about the money for everything. I do like. I'd never heard that they called them Sand Aggies until this weekend, which is actually pretty good. And for the obnoxious tea sippers, you know, they look down on everybody. But that one's pretty fitting. Mule Shoe is from Sand Aggie country, pretty much too. Yeah, I think Mule Shoe is even further west than Lubbock. I know that dude i'm telling you i found by the way t-row hates something hates a strong word i don't hate mule shoe i dislike him very much um does that sound better but t-row's dislike of longhorn steakhouse is very real i can feel it when he talks about it coming through the radio he was if they would have been in the same studio, he might have strangled his best friend, T.J. Perry, for going to Longhorn Steakhouse on Father's Day. That's how upset he was. He doesn't believe you should ever go to Longhorn Steakhouse. By the way, they're not a sponsor, right? I don't think well, so. No, I'm just If kidding. they were a sponsor, Toby would probably be here in the studio. No, t- yeah, T-Row. So, you know, to me, uh, but I was laughing at that. Why would he? go and be like if you're in austin would you go to sooner steakhouse he's got a point he's got a very good point he does what we know is that tj perry can be bought (laughs) right i've been there a couple times but can you be bought i oh yeah absolutely (laughs) uh very guilty every time i walk in i'm like you kind of gotta you know wear sunglasses and everything maybe the bobby valentine mustache you know bobby valentine (laughs) all right uh 405-651-3439 k-dub in the 918 so 28 recruits are on campus for the biggest recruiting weekend we have of the year and not one of them committed 
I'm sure we'll get some eventually. But that's concerning that none of them are so locked in they want to make a declaration. Okay, these official visits have been over for 24 hours. Let's just chill it a little bit. There is still time this week if some of the guys that were on campus this weekend felt that strongly about Oklahoma that they were like, okay, I want to shut it down and commit. It's been 24 hours since these official visits wrapped up. Just cool the Jets. Now, you quit gargling with that crimson Kool-Aid tune because I'm looking at Georgia, 19, Michigan, 21, Ohio State, 14, Notre Dame, 19, LSU, 18, 16 for Florida, Penn State, 18, Oregon, 16, Stanford got 22, by God, Minnesota, 23, and we got six. Minnesota's got 23 23, by God, P.J. Fleck. Can you believe that B.S.? Now, we better get somebody committed to it. I don't want to hear about the bag men. Well, it's a philosophy. Get them committed, or I'm going to commit myself to a mental institution. All right, we'll be right back. Jesse Critton is going to join us, 405-651-3439. Keep, keep those texts rolling in. We're going to ask Jesse many different opinions to come up with concerning Sooner football. The SEC schedule next fall. All of it next right here on The Ref. Jesse Crittenden joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline here on The Ref. Jesse uh, partners uh, with Parker Thune right now over there at OU Insider, Rivals Network. Well, I shouldn't say partners. Partner, partner. Parker has another partner coming on the way, Rebecca. He's a colleague. There you go. That work? Did you hear what they said about it? I don't know. No, I'm just saying. No, you're, you you signed a five-star talent that uh, and signing day is coming soon for Parker. It is coming soon. Yeah, it yes. Is. Less than seven weeks away now. Parker, Parker, you barbecue is what we're calling it. Oh, boy. we got to come up with something a little more catchy than that. Yeah, we do. We'll workshop it. Okay. Um, Jesse? We haven't talked to you. We did talk to you about the Jordy Ball situation last Monday, but we haven't talked to you since the SEC schedule release. Uh, as you've had some time to think about it, what are you thinking about the Sooners' draw? Uh, I mean, I think it's uh, there's a lot to there's a lot to unpack there. I think there's there's no shortage of of, of ways to dissect it, especially comparing to to Texas' draw. But I think that the main takeaway for me is uh, this is uh, as big of a welcome to the SEC <laughs> opening schedule as as, uh, as could have been thought of. I mean, for OU to get, I mean, to get Tennessee and Alabama at home, uh, you know, their their road schedules is not is is not easy either with LSU and Ole Miss. I mean, I think, and I, I went through some of the numbers last week. I mean, I uh, the especially, you know, their home, the, the three opponents that they face at home. I mean, they won about 30 games last season. So, um, you know, I think, I think for OU, you're going to, they're going to find out pretty quickly where they fit in this SEC slate. And I think compared to Texas, I mean, Texas does get Georgia, obviously back-to-back national championships, national champions went 15 and 0 last season. Uh, Texas gets the toughest uh, opponent uh, of the two teams, but OU has the toughest draw. And I think it's, you know, I think they're going to find out pretty quickly uh, where things are going to fall for them in the SEC. So, I mean, I, I think if, if there's a silver lining, it's you get Alabama and Tennessee at home as opposed to on the road. Uh, but it is certainly not going to be easy. 
Jesse, let me ask you, amongst those three true home games in the SEC for the Sooners in 2024, Alabama, Tennessee, South Carolina, which of those matchups is your favorite? I know that's kind of broad, but for whatever reason you want, which of those matchups is your favorite, the one you're looking forward to the most and why? Oh, that's a good question. I think this is uh, – I'll start with what sounds like a cop-out answer and say that I think all three are, are really, really exciting. I mean, obviously, how can you, uh, how can you, uh, you know, push away Alabama, a team that's been the most dominant in college football over the last 15 years, for Nick, for Nick Saban to come into Norman? I mean, that's going to be incredibly exciting. Uh, Tennessee, a team that, that kind of came back from the dead last year, and uh, was really good, one of the best offenses in football. Obviously, Josh Heupel, uh, whose roots in OU are, are as deep as almost anybody else's in program history. And then South Carolina, not only Shane Beamer uh, as head coach, you know, formerly on OU staff, but also OU has never played South Carolina before, which I honestly thought was incredible. I couldn't believe they uh, had never played even one time before, even a long time ago. So I think that's going to be fun to see the two teams square off for the first time ever, but if I had to pick a, if I had to pick three, I think it's gonna, I think it's got to be Alabama. I mean, Alabama has been the blue chip uh, program over the last 15 years. Nick Saban might be the most iconic coach in college football history, and to see them on Owen Field uh, in OU's first season in the SEC, I think it's out of three really, really good options. I, I think it'd be hard to, to not pick Alabama. I'm trying to think of the uh, the Sooners and Bama. What is it? Is it three, two, and one? Oklahoma has the edge in the series. I've got it somewhere, but I know they faced. Um, it would have to be Paul Bear Bryant back in uh, a bowl game in the Astro Blue Bonnet Bowl in 1970 when they tied 30-30. Yes, there was an Astro Blue Bonnet Bowl. They tied Alabama, and that would have been uh, Paul Bear Bryant. But was it was it Mike? Sh- Dennis Francione was the OU game. Uh, he was coaching uh, Bama at that time. And then, of course, he was also the guy who was coaching A&M and got beat 77 to nothing on the one field. But I'm thinking, was it uh, was it Mike Shula, Paul Bear Bryant, and Dennis Francione, and that's it? Somebody help us out on the text line. But, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, all good matchups, but Alabama, again, uh, would be the one. Okay, uh, since the Jordy Ball situation, we talked about, you know, reasons and – uh, this happened a week ago, and now she's officially, you know, told us it's in Nebraska. We all thought it was going to be Nebraska. She was originally committed to Nebraska before she ended up at Oklahoma with Patty Gasso for two years. Um, and the reaction, I think, from the Sooner fan base on social media was great. It was about 98%. Best of luck to you. You know, thanks for two great years, all of that. But what do you think now is the smoke is kind of cleared a little bit? Clearly, this does something to next year's roster, and I still think you you have to favor Oklahoma as a team to win it until somebody beats them. But, and you know, I know a lot of people are also out there, well, Nigel Kennedy will be at OU or whoever, Valerie Cagle. Um, you know, we'll see. But what are you thinking in terms of next year now for OU softball with the whole left by Jordy Ball obviously leaving for Nebraska, and then you obviously clearly lose Alex Sirocco as well. Yeah, I, I, there's there's no way to sugarcoat it. Losing Jordy Ball is really, really tough. I mean, I think as good as Nyasha Kennedy was uh, for Stanford, uh, especially towards the end of last year, and she was incredible. I mean, I think Jordy Ball pretty clearly established herself 
um, as the best pitcher in softball. And, I mean, she was the best player for OU and was rightly named uh, the most outstanding player at the World Series uh, to end the season. So, all that said, it, it, it certainly hurts. Um, with that said, uh, yeah, OU's got so much talent coming back. I don't think Jordy Ball's departure takes away from them being favorites next year. I mean, they've, they've got, I mean, they're, they're losing quality players too, right? I mean, you mentioned Alex Taraco and, uh, you know, they're losing Grace Lyons and Haley Lee, but they're getting so many players back and Jada Coleman and Tiari Jennings and, and Kenzie Hansen and Riley Boone and Nicole May and, you know, and Sydney Sanders. I mean, it's, they're still going to have plenty of talent next season. What I do, what I think Jordy Ball's departure really does more than anything is I think it, it removes a margin of error for OU. I think we have seen that teams are starting to, I mean, uh, OU got challenged last year. They certainly got challenged. Stanford gave them a test. Clemson gave them a test. I thought Florida State played them really well. And I think Jordy Ball's departure not only takes away from the margin of error, obviously it takes away from some talent, but I also think it puts more pressure on on Patty Gasso and this coaching staff, not only to find some depth to add to this pitching staff, but I think it also puts a lot of pressure on Nicole May and Kirsten Deal uh, to really you know continue pro- progressing next year. I think Nicole May was really good throughout the regular season, had some ups and downs in the postseason, but was really good for the most part. Kirsten Deal, obviously the number one player in the 2022 class. Uh, the potential is absolutely there. Didn't see the field a ton much this last season, but I think the team is really excited about her. So all that being said, uh, I think OU should still be the favorite, but I do think this coaching staff has some work to do, I think particularly with the pitching depth, and I think they're going to really need, in particular, Kirsten Deal to step up and be a real impact player next year. Now, Jesse, obviously Oklahoma fans got very well acquainted with Nigel Kennedy at the Women's College World Series, but Sanford's other star pitcher, Alana Vaughter, just hit the transfer portal this morning. You got any insight on whether the wagons are circling? Because obviously a lot of Oklahoma fans saw that news on social media and said, ha, sooner. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I think Nigel Kennedy has been uh, the easy, I mean, has been, uh, you know, kind of the wishful thinking thought, right? I mean, Patty Gasser recruited her out of high school, went after her really hard, uh, had nothing but good things to say. But, I mean, I think, I think you know, uh, Patty Gasso has proven the last couple of seasons that she's always going to be looking through the transfer portal uh, for, you know, for, for depth and, you know, to add pieces. But those players actually have to enter the transfer portal first. And second, uh, the, Patty Gasso and the OU softball program have done a pretty good job of keeping things pretty quiet in terms of what they're doing. So, um, you know, the one thing that, that I know for sure, and you know, is that, that Patty Gasso is not going to be, she's not going to take anything for granted. She's going to peruse the, the pitching depth or the transfer portal. She knows she needs to add pitching depth. And I guarantee you, I think Jordy Ball leaving is something that this team had an inkling was going to happen before it happened. And I think Patty Gasso's had the wheels turning on how to replace Jordy Ball. I think she's been thinking about that for quite some time. All right, Jesse, we appreciate it. Good insight as always. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Appreciate you guys having me on. Jesse Crittenden on the Riverwind Casino hotline here on The Ref. And, again, uh, we're going to get as many texts in as we can. By the way, uh, Brent Venables, are you there? Do you want to uh, – people are still wondering, is there any way that you can use lose 10 games? No. Right? You can't lose or not win anything less than 10 games. I was about to say lose 10 games? If Brent Venables loses 10 games this year, yes, he's getting Pull fired. Pull up Brent Venables real quick as we go to a break, and let's see what Brent Venables 
Is there any way that you, you know, don't win at least 10 games? Well, hell, I'm not sure what the debate is. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was a long, winding road to a setup. Bad job by me, but sometimes you just want to say it, play a sound clip. What a great song. The Ring of Fire. Into a break. All right, getting ready to close it out here, our last segment, but we're going to get locked in at 2 o'clock. You talk about a champion barbecue update. I mean, just get ready. Get ready. Parker has a uh, apron on and a spatula in hand, so he is very serious about the update coming in up at the top of the character. hour. That's right. That's right. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's get as many as we can in here before the top of the hour. Let's do it. Parker, Michael Weenie is trending to Michigan. Yes, that's a real prospect, Michael Weenie. Four-star offensive lineman from the state of Texas. Okay. By the way, what do we hear about Samaj Jones? Anything? Uh, basically, there's there is a belief right now that Oklahoma is going to be the landing spot. The word was that uh, that Samaj Jones's parents are sold on Oklahoma. It was just a question of selling Samaj. I, I'm not taking it to the bank just because I think there's going to be a counterpunch from West Virginia. There almost has to be. That's very close to home for him, and he can also be the guy at West Virginia. right? If you're West Virginia right now, what are you telling Samaj Jones? Hey, don't just go be another guy at Oklahoma. They're already taking another quarterback in your same class, man. Come be the quarterback in our class. Come be... Mm-hmm. Come get a good, solid NIL deal up here in Morgantown and be our start, starting quarterback within three seasons. That's not going to happen for you at OU. If you want to bet on yourself, fine. But you're our guy. You're not their guy. Yeah, that that's pretty much an accurate pitch, I would think, right, from West Virginia. 405-651-3439, Samaj Jones. Uh, the quarterback who was in over the weekend. The Sooners obviously already have Michael Hawkins in this class. What was the Elite 11 report? I He was – Mike Hawkins was solid but unspectacular at the Elite mm-hmm. 11. Uh, apparently was dealing with a little discomfort in his thumb, which affected his deep ball a little bit, and so that was the reason you didn't see him crack any of the top 10s, top 11s that made the rounds on social media. Uh, it was a highly competitive event. He was good. Uh, was was not dead last and did not suck at the event, but very clearly was a step below the top tier. There you so. go. By the way, we got a text. Uh, the Sooners lost in the 1963 Orange Bowl to Joe Namath. That is correct. I believe that Leroy Jordan was on that team as well for Alabama. That was Bear Bryant. Then in 1970, uh, the Sooners and Alabama tied in the uh, the old Astro Blue Bonnet Bowl, 30 apiece. Uh, the Sooners, it was Chuck Fairbanks against uh, Paul Bear Bryant. And then in the uh, 2000, the first game was the 2003 game, wasn't it, with Francione, uh, Ronaldo Works. Uh, and then the next year was Mike Shula in 2004, I believe, because that was the game where Jason White had two long TD passes and the Sooners had a big uh, fake punt in that game. And, of course, the other one would have been the uh, – the uh, Sooners' victory over uh, Nick Saban in the uh, 
the LeColt Investor Bowl with Trevor Knight playing like uh, Aaron Rodgers or something in that game. And then, of course, the other one would have been the uh, Orange Bowl semifinal loss. So, And that was clear, obviously Nick Saban. So it would be Paul Bear Bryant, Dennis Francione, Mike Shula, Nick Saban. So the text that we were in the middle of when we got sidetracked there briefly. Parker, Michael Weenie is trending to Michigan. That would be a stacked and full room for them. Does that make Bennett Warren an even better possibility for us? I think OU's got a really good shot at Bennett Warren. I'm not taking anything for granted right now, at least until that Tennessee visit is complete this weekend. It's still too early to call that race. But I, like, for my money, and I got the chance to talk to Bennett Warren this morning at length, I think Oklahoma supplanted Michigan there for the time being. You're probably getting a decision within the next six weeks. So it's about sustaining that momentum right now, and that's going to be easier said than done when you're going toe-to-toe with Michigan and Tennessee and Texas A&M, three schools that recruit very well in their own right and have compelling pitches. So, yeah, Oklahoma's got the buzz coming out of this weekend. Does it last? That now becomes the question. You have a future cast out for Caden Caden Durham, the four-star running back out of the state of Texas, who was uh, you know from the state of Oklahoma but playing high school football in Texas. Now to Oklahoma, Taylor Tatum again, still up in the air. You've heard some buzz from Michigan. You've heard some buzz from Muleshoe, and clearly Oklahoma. If the Sooners' other back, because we think that Durham is going to be one, yep, isn't uh, Taylor Tatum? Who do you think it's going to be? If it's not Tatum. I think that, I mean, there's a good chance the class just consists of those two backs, Caden Durham and Xavier Robinson. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, if there's a third, it's Andy Bass to me. Now, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Andy Bass ends up at Oklahoma for a lot of reasons. But if you don't end up with Taylor Tatum, then that probably intensifies Oklahoma's push to bring Andy Bass in. And I think that probably heightens Andy Bass's willingness to jump on board at Oklahoma. Kid looks like an athlete. He is, man. I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was talking about Jason White in the uh, game in Tuscaloosa. They're always trying to correct me. Always. Colin KC says, Boganowski news? Yeah, look, Oklahoma has led and continues to lead for four-star safety Michael Boganowski out of Junction City, Kansas. He was in for his official visit this weekend. On his way out to Florida State right now, he'll wrap up his OV slate this weekend at Kansas State. Decision forthcoming in July. I like Oklahoma and to have. There is a future cast that has been in since May for Michael Boganowski to Oklahoma. I would ve- I, I think if it falls through, We'll remember it as one of the more bizarre ha- – like, we'll remember it on par with Easton Baker committing to Illinois because there's – the only other school that's realistically in play right now for Boganowski is Kansas State. It's an OU-Kansas State battle. And if he decides to stay home and go to Kansas State, you just it's a hard one to make sense of, isn't it? Yes. Picking Kansas State over SEC competition in Oklahoma. By the way, we're out of time, but the Boomer Doomers are back, so you'll be able to lead off with the Boomer Doomers to start locked in. They're calling now DeMarco Murray overrated. DeMarco Murray was supposed to get his pick of anybody he wanted. So Parker and Tyler McComas will square off in a battle with the Boomer Doomers. 
This is um, this is going to be one of the great battles in text line history, perhaps. Want to thank our friends at the one and only Riverwind Casino. Big drawings for the 80K New Beginnings and Winnings promotion. Get out and play with your wild card today and tomorrow. Get five times entries. Be there for the big drawings this Saturday night. Thank you to Dr. Bellardo. we got to get out of here. Have a great Monday.